listen, today, March 7th, is one day shy of last year, March 8th, was our last meeting on a Sunday where we took a break. Dr. Randy Clark was here on March 8th. Anybody remember that? Anybody was here? Anybody were here? Anyhow, and then we took a break all through March and through April, and we reconvened at the end of May, and we celebrated, uh, was it Pentecost? Is that where? Yeah. I wasn't actually here, but it was an amazing celebration. Watched online, like, yeah, this is really great. But what a mad, crazy year. I started thinking this last week. What a wild year we've had in one year. A year of massive change. Would you agree? I mean, absolutely craziness, like living rooms and family rooms and kitchens have been turned into classrooms. Like, that's a change, isn't it? Like, standing on a spot in a checkout line, because you got to stay six feet apart, is a different thing, isn't it? And now we're used to it. We're like, this is weird, isn't it? And you get to the checkout, and you got to talk through plastic, like, hello there, you know, and everybody's masked up, you know, it's like crazy, isn't it? Come on, how many people have been working from home? Switch gears, you're working from home, or how to Zoom meeting. Marcin had a Zoom meeting last Monday at 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, this is normal. Like, we should just meet them face to face, but it's what things have come to. Isn't it crazy? Crazy stuff. Or you go through a, a grocery store. Remember they had the one-way signs for a while? I was always getting corrected. Sir, sir. I'm like, I'm only going one way. They're like, you're the wrong one way, boy. <laughs> sorry. That was such a good attitude of, you know, submitting to authority. <laughs> And when you took a family member to the hospital, take them to the hospital and you drop them off and you don't go in with them. Is that crazy? Like, especially if they're older, it's a, it freaks you out. Nobody goes with them. And I thought, how nuts. Or, or had a wedding postponed or wedding downsized to a very small wedding. That's crazy. So graduation ceremonies either canceled or postponed. We're still waiting for one that graduated last May. He didn't graduate last May. They're waiting till this May, which is really anticlimactic, isn't it? Second row right here in front of me. They're all like, we're not going to that. <laughs> it's like, seriously, it gets a little crazy, isn't it? I went to the dentist recently. I started walking in the lobby like, no, sir, you can't come in. Sit in your car until you receive a text. I'm like, all right, all right, this is, this is wonderful. <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? But how many of us experience massive change in our lives? We reinvented our businesses. We've heard of stories in this church, right? Rearranged our lives to accommodate children being at home or relocating to another city or state. And if you relocated here, we're very thankful you're here. Yes, amen. <laughs> how many people relocated? Come on, in this time, to a different, whole different place, it's crazy. So changing careers, people change careers, or you lost a loved one in this crazy crisis. And this is probably the biggest modern-day crisis, health crisis that we've ever seen, or may ever see. And I thought, how bizarre. Some people say it's the greatest storm they've ever experienced. And it's crazy how people respond in a crisis or a storm or a battle, if I could say it that way, or even change, severe change. People respond in fear. People respond with anxiety. People respond with, you know, they freak out in all kinds of ways, right? Confusion is a big one. Or disbelief, like I can't believe this is happening and you can't catch up. And I just, I know when we were growing up, we did have some crises in our family. And there's a part of us that even now as a believer, I don't wanna just cope with the crisis. I wanna overcome in the crisis. Are you with me? And I believe as believers, I want to be ahead of it. Like, God, you're going to lead and guide us into all the truth. You'll show us things to come, all right? And uh, I know so many of us experience terrible loss, but I don't want to just, I realize if we just stay in it, like I think Bishop Gardington said it during the conference, and Cindy Jacobs, I've heard he said it, you know, if we just don't quit, we just don't give up, we stay the course, stay standing, if I could say it that way, stay standing in the, in the storm, we're going to win. Would you agree? Come on, that's part of it. He said, when you've all done all to stand, stand therefore. Ephesians 6, is that right? Come on, we've done it all. I said, wow. And I really think like I kept hearing this in my heart, we're getting reformed in the storm. 
How many people felt that? And I feel like God reforms things, happens in a storm, but, but you know, if, we're, <laughs> if we just stay the course, we might be reformed and we're going to be still standing at the end of the storm, all right? I remember as a child, there was a terrible storm that came through this area called Hurricane Agnes. Anybody remember that? If you're an old person like me, and I was just a kid, I was little, so, but it was a massive flood. It was a hurricane that hit down the lower part of the United States and come out around the coast and came directly in to Pennsylvania and hit Harrisburg was like right on the front end of it and, you know, parts of Pennsylvania. It was pretty crazy. And I remember we lived along the Conondogonna Creek. I don't know if you see some of the pictures up there. Some of the bridges were completely gone. And uh, we lived in front of the Conondogonna Creek, if you're familiar with that. It was a creek. That creek turned into a massive, scary, terrifying river that was in front of our house, very close to our whole street that we lived along. Everybody evacuated except, I think, ours was the, ours the only house because we were high up on a hill. And it was terrifying as a child. Anybody ever experienced that? A storm that's terrifying. If you've been to the beach and there's a hurricane coming, the beach disappears. It'll freak you out. Yeah, the governor's mansion there. That's, that's kind of crazy, isn't it? And... Uh, I remember a really large tree in our front yard. I remember this was a huge weeping willow. It was down by the creek. And I remember it was monster willow. And we would swing on the vines when we were kids. And I never forget when that storm was over, went down and looked at it. And the tree was missing some massive limbs. This is a massive weeping willow, if you know what I mean. Anyhow, limbs are gone. All the, most of the vines are stripped. But it was still standing. Was it changed in form? Yes, it was. And I thought, God, there's keys that God gives us to keep standing in a storm, okay? So I'm just going to throw a few out to you today. There's dozens and zillions in the scripture, but number one is hold fast to truth. Hold fast to truth, and he is the truth. So we've got to hold on to him, all right? Jesus said if we would continue with him, hold on to him, continue in his word, we would know the truth, and the truth would bring us into what? Freedom, right? Come on, you guys know this. And I just, I know that God is true and he's faithful to his word. And if you're a parent, you make promises to your kids, right? We did for years. We have four kids. And we promise, oh, if we do this, like promise tomorrow we're going to go here. Promise, you know, we'll go to Chocolate World. Anybody use Chocolate World in a wonderful? Anyhow, you go there and you do all these great things. And I thought, you know, Marcy and I try to stay good on the promises, but I'm sure there's days we fail. Like, sorry, we're going to do it tomorrow. You know what I mean? And I keep thinking like the father's not like I am. He's not like we are, right? He never forgets. He never gets too busy. He never says, no big deal, let's do it tomorrow. 2 Corinthians chapter 1.20 says, for as many are the promises of God, what? In him they are, yes. Come on, Joshua 21.45 from the Old Testament. No one of the good, not one of the good promises which the Lord has made to the house of Israel failed. They all came to pass. Isn't that good? Hebrews chapter 10, I'm just reading through in verse 23. He who promised is faithful. What do you mean he's faithful? He's faithful to keep his promises, right? There's some 30,000 promises in the Bible. Do you know that? He's the great promise maker and the great promise keeper. We've got to get our brains around this, all right? Come on. So I want to hold, encourage you to hold fast to the truth, all right? Come on. We live in a super confused world that's presenting a hopeless, ungodly narrative. And we as the people of God can have this great opportunity to give them the truth. Do you know that? Come on. The spirit of truth lives in us. Isn't that good? So I want you to be confident, right? Allow the truth to work deep inside you in these days. What do you mean? Psalm 51, verse 6, he says, he desires truth in the inward parts. What do you mean, Brian? In my spirit, my soul, my heart, my mind. He wants us to live truly, thinking the truth, speaking the truth, living the truth, all right? John 4, 23, you guys are familiar with this. God is looking for those who will worship him, what? In spirit and in truth, in reality, that's what he's talking about. And I love over this last year that in a year of great uncertainty that God has inspired and released songs that declare who God is and what he does. Are you with me? We're singing them this morning. 
Graves into gardens. You turn, you turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. Isn't that great? In face of everything else, and I love it about the songs that have been released because it's like God was the head of the world system. The world system, they're playing songs that are depressing, discouraging. I'm all alone. No, you're not. God's with you. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Come on, songs like Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. Isn't that great? Come on, how about the song King of Kings? It's the entire gospel. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit. Three in one. God of glory, majesty, praise forever to the King of Kings. Don't you just get, I get gone. I'm like, ah, do you know what I mean? These songs are the gospel. Then there's songs that I think I consider, I don't know how to say them in a nice way. They're like God gets you to sing. He lures us into singing scary lyrics. Do you know what I mean? Listen to me, it's like my king forever. It's the first part, it's so great. All praise to the Lord most high. We've been singing this, right? All praise to the one who saved my life. Yes, all praise to Jesus Christ, high king of heaven, my king forever. And then he gets into this part. I lift up my hands. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. And I lay my whole life down. Oh, yeah, really? Really? Before you. And I lift up my hands. I lay my whole life down. My whole life now is for you. Oh, yeah, really? Really? How's that work on Tuesday afternoon when you're having a bad day and everybody working around you is not happy with you? Are you there? Come on. Are you serious? Come on. These songs are great. He gets them doing and we're singing them. And he's like, hey, remember that song the other day? (laughs) But Christ be magnified. The one we're singing this morning from the altar of my life, Christ be magnified. It's so awesome. Then he goes to this scary part. Okay, I'm not going to bow to any idols. I will stand strong and worship you. And here's the fun part. If it puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. It's really geezy singing them here. It's really hard living it out there. Are you there? Come on, folks. All right. I won't be formed by feelings. I know a lot of people that are formed by feelings, right? I'm going to hold fast to what is true. Here's the really fun one. If the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified with you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Take out the trash for the 14th time in your house. And I'm just dying to myself. How do you like that one? All right. It's just the little itty bitty gnat issues in life. Right. Come on. And this is a really fun lyric he gets to because death is just a doorway into resurrection life. Sure. Sure. I like living. I don't know about you. All right. <laughs> Sorry. I know it's going to be amazing, but this is pretty good. All right? Sorry. I had a near death experience. True story. <laughs> like I like to be singing and talking. Right? Come on. Then I love when he gets down here. If you, I'll join you when I rise. It's so good. Glory with all the angels and the saints. My heart will still be singing. My song will be the same. Oh, Christ be magnified. Isn't that good? Why am I saying that? Because I believe the spirit of truth, the spirit of the living God. God fills us and strengthens us. He comes down upon us in the midst of these songs. Come on, he's empowering us to hold fast to truth, live the truth, speak the truth, all right? Ah, it's so good. I love rehearsing these songs over and over because he keeps our eyes on God in this kind of season. You there? Come on, instead of all the stuff that's happening around us. You're there. I can't do it. I can't stay in the natural. I'm not talking about ignoring what's going on in the natural. I'm just saying I want Christ to be bigger than what I see in the natural. Because the natural is temporary. It's all going to pass, all right? <laughs> you there? Come on. I need him bigger than anything else in my vision. Uh, it's crazy. Over the past year, images have filled the media, have crisscrossed the media that have, I believe have fueled a spirit of fear, not only in this nation, but the nations of the earth. People are watching being paralyzed. I can't go anywhere. I can't talk to anybody. I can't hug anybody. I got to stay. It's just, it's crazy, isn't it? It's like, ha, God did not give you a spirit of fear. Are you with me? Come on. It's crazy. As fear is being released. Yeah, amen. 
But it's crazy how those images are crisscrossing the world and we're in here singing, death is just a doorway, right? In the resurrection life. What a contrast, isn't it? I love how God always does that in the season. It's perfect, isn't it? I love what Abraham, would, with the, uh, it's written in Romans about Abraham, 4 verse 20 says, but he grew strong in faith as he gave glory to God. Isn't that awesome? The first part of that verse is really great. He staggered not at the promise of God. Staggering basically means I'm going to, I'm looking, you know, I'm going to see all the difficulties that lie in the way of seeing the promise. He said he staggered not. Didn't let anything what he's seen just deter him. Are you there? Come on. And I believe unbelief is strengthened when we focus on the natural, the physical temple. So we got to keep our eyes on God, all right? I believe Jesus saw way beyond the cross in the midst of the crucifixion, right? Hebrews 12 says, for the joy set before him, for the joy set before him. Who are the joy? The billions of people that have been on this planet. Are you there? He endured the cross for the joy set before him. He saw beyond. Help us, God, all right? Keep our eyes on him, all right? Let's hold fast to the truth. Are you with me? Second key here to stay in the standing in the storm is contend for unity. I know this seems kind of odd. You're like, what does this have to do with? Stay with me. Unity, start with unity within your own heart. What do you mean, Brian? Psalm 86 says, give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I don't want my heart given to this and given to this and given to this, and God's just one of the things I give my heart to. No, I want my heart united, all in. Are you there? Come on, I don't want to give it to all this ungodly junk. I believe a, a heart divided against itself, a house divided against itself won't stand, right? I'll say it again. A heart divided against itself won't stand. Are you there? Come on. Proverbs 4 says, watch over your heart with all diligence. Why? For from it come the, the gushers of living water. Remember that? <laughs> So let's be wholehearted about him. I'm sure he's wholehearted about you and he's wholehearted about me, right? Did the little thing called the cross. I think he demonstrated he's all in. <laughs> Seriously, gets my attention every time. Like, ah, he loves me as he finds us, every one of us. And he's gonna keep doing that, all right? Isn't it good? Come on, this is good news, right? The second part of this contending for unity is obviously with other people, right? I want my heart to be united, but then I want to be in unity, and especially with those that I'm close to. And that's usually where there's the most contention, isn't it? Come on, just a side note on this. Isn't this the weirdest part of this pandemic where people are isolated? How, what's the weirdest thing where people are isolated, I mean, with disease and sickness, and nobody's there to touch them? I thought, how demonic, isn't it? It's so foreign to God, like fighting a battle by yourself, being in a storm by yourself, it's horrible. You gotta have people around you. And you see pictures of people passing away all by themselves. This is horrible, all right? Isn't it weird? Isn't it weird? I just heard recently that they said this generation is the loneliest generation it's ever been. And I thought, how bizarre when we've got the most technologically connectivity that we've ever had. Like in a six split second, you can talk to the world. You can text with anybody, picture anybody. You can FaceTime with anybody. And they said, we're the loneliest generation. I thought, God, deliver us, man. Because our items and devices are just, that's it. It's not face-to-face and closeness. Are you there? So on the flip side of the quarantining, lots of families have been together, right? How many people have been together with extended family? We had three out of our four children come back home. We were empty nesters for a few years, okay? And we were loving it. All right, it's awesome. But I got to tell you, I love it even more with three out of our four kids home. I do. Be totally honest. My kids are like, thank you, Dad, <laughs> the confirmation. But we love it. We do love it. It is busy. And we have, we have a house with our in-laws, too. My in-laws and Marcy's from family. So it's full on. Like any time, given night, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, stop my house. It's, it's moving on. Because they're all in their 20s. And they're like, we're up. <laughs> okay. But 
But I love that on the flip side, the people are together. What I'm saying is there's something happening here. Usually where the people you're closest to is where, there's, where the enemy tries to bring division and dissension and breakage in your relationships. So I want you to, like, I really want you to get it. If you don't get anything else, get this today. It's really important when a, when a business, when a, a group of people, when a nation or city in, encounters a, a crisis or a pandemic like we have, there's all kinds of people freak out. Even in your family when there's crisis. Anybody experienced that? There's craziness and people start to devour each other in a way that's ungodly. They blame each other and, and, and uh, you know, accuse each other. It's like, we don't want to go there at all. Why? Because when you open the door to all kinds of evil, according to James 3.16, he says where there's jealousy and where there's strife, strife, that's that church word, strife, I'm getting strife, brother, and selfish things exist, there's disorder in every evil thing. We don't want to open the door to that. Are you with me? Come on, man. How many, I know everybody responds to change or crisis differently. Anybody with me? When our kids would have an accident when we were little, I mean, when our kids were little, and I remember we were young, young parents, I would freak out. Marcia's like, it's all calm, just chill. And she grew up in this calm, perfect Christian family. I did not grow up in a calm, perfect Christian family. John's like, what do you mean? It was nuts. It was like the Irish party, crazy house, right? They weren't, we weren't believers. <laughs> so I responded a little differently in crisis reaction. I'm like, wah, we gotta do something. She's like, let's just relax. You know what I mean? I, I'm sure the disciples are the same way, right? Remember the holy glow on Jesus? He's like, Jesus, we need to build a temple for one for you. And he's like, be quiet. Hey, Pete, don't talk. From heaven, the Father says to him. It's the first interruption I've seen in the Bible. Like, hey, don't talk. He's literally, he's literally saying, shut up, Peter. <laughs> this is a holy moment. But Peter's just like me. I'm like, we got to do something, right? We have to do something. Okay. Sorry, a little side note there. We're back. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we don't want to get into that place of strife, but it's really hard, isn't it? But if we stay unified, I, can't, I believe with all my heart, we stay unified around his throne, keeping our eyes on God. Psalm 133 kicks in, right? Remember that, the first verse? How wonderful and beautiful it is for brethren and people to dwell together in unity. And down in verse three, he says right there, I command the blessing. Instead of every evil thing, there's a blessing opening. You hear with me? Shifting our souls. Hey, we think differently, okay? Come on. I want to encourage you. It's really easy to be in unity when everything is nice and happy, Right? Okay, everything's going wonderful. It's easy to be in unity. It's a whole different story when you're in chaos and or storm or in craziness. I remember being in a, as a kid, we had a few crisis, crisis times, and I remember it was just crazy. But I thought, okay, if we stay together, which actually happened in our family because God reached in and mercifully started saving one by one six kids, absolutely amazing. But I remember just, it's, it's crazy when a tornado, you get into a, something of a spiritual battle, it's intense. And I have to tell you that, the getting this building, you guys have heard all the stories, but when we, we pushed for a year, year and a half, believing God would give us this property, and uh, we got in, and I'm telling you, we, we, I thought that was all it, we're in, and in the first 24 months into this facility, we, had, we were in a spiritual battle, all right? But those of you guys were here, it was intense. I feel like every weekend we were clearing the chairs in the atrium having a whole weekend of prayer, because we didn't know what else to do. We're like, God, we need you. Because we took the natural ground, but spiritually we entered into a whole new battleground that we were unaware of. And why am I saying that? Because we could have broken into parts. That's what I'm saying. Because so the Leach family, my brother's family, our family, the Stocks, we were together and we settled it in 1989 saying, we believe God called us together. But the first two years in here, woof, we had to work it out. Because it was just all of a sudden we were in a tornado of spiritual battle. And we didn't, we're like, we just want to, we want, to, <laughs> we want to overcome, but this is intense. Could each of us could have taken our ball and gone home, but we said, no, we believe God called us together. Are you there? So we contended for unity. 
if I could say it that way. We were crazy about each other, but we all had expectations. John, you got that, and you got that, and you got that. He's like, I didn't sign up for that. And you got that, and you got that. And we didn't, we had all these expectations that were unspoken. Finally, we're like, hey, we have to figure out how we're growing into this new realm, how to deal with it. It was an intense battle. And we were like, we ain't going home. We're staying together. Isn't that good? Thank you, God, for his grace and mercy. All right? But you got to talk about some of this stuff because people are like, what do you mean, man? Well, that's what we mean, okay? Okay. <laughs> Third key to staying in the storm is pray for purity. Pray for purity. You want to stay pure. Why? The pure in heart shall see God. And if I'm in the midst of change and I'm in the midst of a storm or I'm in the midst of a battle, I need to see God, all right? So I want my heart to stay purified all the time. Psalmist says in 51, 70, says, cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. The hyssop speaking of the fiber, the, the intricacies, the details of my heart. God, cleanse me. Make me clean there, right? Verse 10, he skips on down, creating me a pure heart. God, I pray it all the time. God, wash over us because we live in such a ugh, world system that just spews uncleanness on us. Doesn't it all the time? Come on. James chapter 1, 27 says, keep yourself unstained by the world. That means a keeping. There's a maintaining. God, I'm praying that you wash over me all the time. How many people felt that? You feel, ah, and you come in on a Sunday or Wednesday night like, ah. I'm being washed by the water of his presence and his word. (laughs) It's so good, isn't it? I love how Daniel positioned himself. In Daniel chapter one, verse eight, this is the Old Testament. You guys ever heard of the guy named Daniel? Anyhow, he positions himself. He says he purposes in his heart not to defile himself of the world's junk. And you can put all kinds of words in there. But you guys understand, they were grooming Daniel and his squad to run the known world. These guys were the Ivies. They had it together. They were in the world system, being trained in the world system. And he says, I will not let myself be defiled. How awesome, isn't it? Let God raise up Daniels in his house all over the place. And Esthers and, huh, come on, people that will stand for righteousness. Are you there? And in the world and bringing change to it. That's what we're believing God for. All right? Come on. I believe this is one of the most powerful weapons, of what I could say weapons of righteousness a believer can possess is purity. Are you with me? And why am I saying that? It's so weird because the world system is completely opposite of purity. Yet the people of the world long for purity of heart. Do you know that? If you ever hear, I've heard ungodly people comment, man, man, that guy is so pure in heart. Oh, she's so pure in heart. It draws people to people. Understanding that? I think it's the most purest thing. A young, uh, unmarried man and woman, when they meet each other, the purity draws them to each other. I'm telling you, it's the greatest thing you can offer. But I'm, in the world system, purity is huge. Are you there? Come on, I think God gives us all kinds of words about purity. And Jesus says in Matthew chapter 15, he says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And this is talking about purity. I know I shifted gears right there. You're like, ooh, okay. <laughs> the Amplified says, you pretenders. This is not a season to pretend, all right? We don't want to pretend in the season where it's serious. Are you with me? <laughs> on, man. <laughs> Honestly, we want to honor God outwardly, but we want to honor him inwardly just as much, Right? James chapter 1, verse 21 says, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness, all filthiness and all the remains of wickedness, in humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to what? Save your souls. He's speaking to believers too. That's a whole other sermon. Anyhow, save your souls. Prove yourselves doers of the word, not merely hearers who fake themselves out, delude themselves, deceive themselves. I don't mind being faked out by somebody else. When I fake myself out, I got deeper issues. God help me. You know what I mean? Get it all out. Right? And the end of verse 25, he says, not having become a forgetful hearer, what? But an effectual doer, what will happen? This man should be blessed in what he does. That's what we want, the blessing of the Lord. God, lean in here, all right? Come on. It's not just hear it, let's do it. Because we can hear and hear and hear, 
If we don't apply it, we're going to be like what I used to tell the teenagers in the house. We'll be like the sandman who built his house on the sand, right? <laughs> he heard the word and he didn't do it. But the wise guy built his house on the rock and he heard the word and did it. It's really crazy. If you study this out, it's the only difference between these two guys. Both heard the word, both built beautiful houses, but only one applied the word, one did the word, one obeyed the word, and one didn't. And it's crazy. At the end of verse 27, you get to this. It says, his house not only fell, but great was its fall. Great was its fall. Holy Spirit, give us grace to do your word, right? <laughs> Are you there? Come on. Second Chronicles 16.9. A few more. You guys staying with me? Second Chronicles 16 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. Now, don't go like, well, none of our hearts are perfect. Right. I'm not talking about someone who never made a mistake. I'm talking about whose hearts are loyal. They're devoted. They're dedicated. They're consecrated. They're faithful. They continue to come back to the Lord. God is looking for those, right? So in a storm or in a battle or in a crisis, we need him to show himself strong on our behalf, Right? This is a good key, Brian. This is really all right. Come on, all right? It really helps us. Like, God, we need you, right? It's the last key to stay in standing is stay in love. Are you there? Stay in love. You guys all know all the words, big words. We're going to love God with all our heart. We're going to love people around us, right? But 1 John 4, 16 makes it so clear. And he says, this is where we're going to live all the time. God is love, and the one who remains in love remains in God and God remains in him. Isn't that good? If I'm going to remain in love, I'm going to be remaining in God. No better place to be in chaos or, or <laughs> a storm or a battle, right? There's no better place to be. Come on. I want to stay in love, the love of God. And I think, I believe with all my heart, if we stay in the love of God, we're going to automatically live in purity. We're going to desire unity, and we're going to long for truth. We're going to love truth. It gets it all. Are you there? So ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Why am I saying that? Romans 5, 5 says, the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. It's probably my daily prayer. God, fill me with your spirit because I have your spirit. I'm gonna have your love. I'm gonna stay on, on the right track here, right? Isn't it good? Come on, simple keys, guys, to stay standing. Are you with me? Come on, I believe God is always keeping us ahead of the game. Just like I was saying with all the songs. Isn't it good? Let's come on, let's stand together. Two areas I just really feel strong we should pray for this morning. It's great. You get texts when you're preaching. Keep preaching. Thank you, sir. It's great encouragement. <laughs> Two areas. First one, if you're exhausted, you're just tired from being in the crisis or being in the battle or being in the storm, I want to pray for you. So I want to pray for all those guys over here. If you're just, you're just not like, I'm not in sin, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just, I'm just tired. I need refreshed. I want to pray for you. Does that sound okay? pray you just get saturated in the presence of God while you're here. And it's really good for someone to lay hands on you and do that. So that's you up here. Come on up if that's you. Secondly, I want to pray for anybody that travels more than 45 minutes to comes to Life Center. Because we do this, usually we just, I think we did it last year on when we were still online, and I just thought, man, we want to pray for people that, that travel for over 45 minutes. We got a whole bunch of people. So you're on this side of the altar. Is that okay? So if you travel more than 45 minutes, hour, an hour and a half, two hours, we just want to pray for you that you get refreshed. And you don't get tired in the drive, right? <laughs> that you stay refreshed because times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. And then God is good. Again, if you're just tired on this side, man, just I need refreshed. I need someone to agree with me, pray, be restrained and renewed. If you drive more than 45 minutes, I want to pray for you on this side. Come on, ministry team, I need you to jump in here. All the pastors on the team, any of the interns on the team here. 
And the elders are in the house. Ministry team from Wednesday night, we need to activate you too because we have lots of people here. So jump in, all right? So Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence. Come on. If you're standing out there, stretch hands out to these guys. Let me just pray right now. Holy Spirit, come and fill. God, those that travel, those that make the trek every week, Lord, we pray you'd fill them, strengthen them. Father, I pray you'd keep it fresh all the time. Pray they'd encounter you in their journey here, in their journey home. And God, more than anything else, when they're here, God, we pray they'd have encounter after encounter after encounter, God. We thank you for their faith and their expectation as they come in this place, God. Lord, those that are weary and tired, Lord, fill them up. Strengthen them by the very power of your spirit in their inner man right now. Supernaturally, do what we can't do, what they can't God, do, God. We pray you do by your spirit. In Jesus' name. That's the cry of our heart today. Come on, church, let's lift our hands. Holy Spirit, we pray that you are magnified. Christ, you are magnified in our lives, God. Come on, night and day and day and night, wherever we're going, our schools, our workplaces, our communities, God, we pray we would shine like the sun wherever we go, God. Be magnified, be enlarged, be exalted in our speech, our conduct, our love, our life, our faith, our purity, in every area of our facet of our lives, God, you be magnified in Jesus' name. Can you say amen, church? Amen. Have a great week. We love you.